Hey friends, welcome to season two of Eating with Jay and Paul, where we eat and review new foods and dive into scripture where we apply the teachings of Jesus to our lives. We invite you to listen in our journeys from wherever you are and maybe even try some of the new foods we review for yourself. Here's today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Eating with Jay and Paul and on Twitter at Eating J underscore and underscore P for more updates and information about our podcast. Welcome back for more of Eating with Jay and Paul. This week, we'll be talking about music. I'm really excited to talk about music because I think I yeah. really love music. Um, yeah. Have you seen the movie August Rush? Yes. Okay, so there's a line in that movie, August. it's like one of my favorite movies of all time, but there's a line in that, in that movie that says, music is all around us, all you have to do is listen. And I think about that line a lot because I, I, it's really true. I think like, I don't know, my, one of my spiritual pathways is like nature. So I'm like always in nature and I can mm-hmm. hear music like in the trees and the way that the wind's brushing up against yeah natural soundscapes yeah water you know the sound of the Mm -hmm. water interesting it's very interesting it's really good but you my friend are you're kind of someone who probably knows more about music than i do a little bit I don't know I mean, if I'd say that, but what, I... Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's your major? Uh, so, yeah, I study music media production mm-hmm. here at Ball State University. Mm-hmm. And I am a sophomore currently. So, yeah. as I've we've told you before, and I think in a previous episode, uh, I play bassoon, mm-hmm. and Jay does as well, and that's what he yeah. did. Music media production, what that basically means is that it's a combination of recording technology... Um, recording techniques, mixing and mastering, producing, um, live sounds, acoustics. It's pretty much a very generalized recording technology concentration, I would say, is kind of what I would describe it to be. Yeah, so I, I couldn't even really tell you how I figured out this major. It was a lot of Google searching. It... Uh, because in high school, I wanted to do something related to computer science, so I really liked oh, yeah, technology mm-hmm. and like how it, how it all worked, but I didn't really mm-hmm. like the idea of a desk like job, IT or a yeah. 9 to 5 sure. desk job. Well, I, I kind of grew up in a music family, I'd say, mm-hmm. and even just middle school through high school, like yeah. playing the bassoon really kind of boosted my enjoyment for it, and it, I, it didn't really hit me until probably junior mm-hmm. year of high school through senior year that I really wanted to learn more and kind of like dive into that and then like I found that Ball State had a recording tech mm-hmm. major and there were a couple other ones I was looking at Columbia College in Chicago and Milwaukee had something related to digital music but I think Ball State had the one that I was looking for the most because mm-hmm. it incorporated live sounds how do, how do I describe this like p- people playing live instruments I guess sure, you could say yeah. so that, that's what really piqued my interest from that so as of right now, so actually, yeah, last year, I took an acoustics class and computer music. Computer music was second semester, so we dove into Logic Pro X, mm-hmm. where we made a decent amount of uh, compositions, and I have some in my like YouTube pro- portfolio mm-hmm. that, I, that I, I really enjoyed making yeah. those. Those were, those were a lot of fun. I've listened to some of those, and they're actually really, really good. I mean, I, I appreciate yeah, that. Sure. I appreciate that, but I, I sure. definitely am a critic for that sure, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I feel like everyone is because yeah. like, I usually cringe when I listen to them but in the yeah, moment sure. it's always sure. very fun and we'll get to that later with Jay sure yeah <laughs> it's very fun to create mm-hmm. I would say 
So, and then this year, so I'm a sophomore and I'm taking, it's called MMP 235, which is recording technology. I think that's what the course is called. And we're basically learning, right now we're learning microphone techniques, but at the beginning it was an acoustics like review. Yeah, it was acoustics review. Oh, and then just like the analog console. So we went into the studios at Ball State and we had to figure out how to get signal from the studio to the sound house. So, and I can always like explain this later, but it was basically, we, we did a lot of stuff within the studios, a lot sure. of hands-on stuff. But anyways, as I had briefly mentioned before, Jay Coles actually composes music. No. So tell us more about that. <laughs> I've taken a little hiatus from composing since COVID. Like I've not, mm. I've not done any composing recently, but yeah, I've been writing instrumental and orchestral music since I was like, gosh, maybe in middle school. And it started out from, you know, I was in, in sixth grade. I was in the band. I started out with playing, um, I was one of the dual students because I was an overachiever in the nerd, so I played like baritone and bassoon. Um, <laughs> and so I was good at brass and woodwind, obviously. Um, but I, every time we would play music, because we're the baritone or the bassoon, like we would have the bass line, and it would always be a really boring part. Yep. Um, and I always hated having it. So I, I got really curious one day. I was like, what can I do so that like me and my friends who are also bassoon players and like lower, uh, you know, played in bass clef or um, where it was a lower instrument, like what can I do so that we can have more excitement in like the parts that we were playing. And so I started arranging pop tunes and then from arranging pop tunes at the time, it became writing my own creations and mm -hmm. composing fun things, you know, for like, you know, me and some of the other bassoonists to do trios and, and quartets or whatever. Um, and then from there, I started to write longer things. And so I started to say, well, what if I did four bassoons, four clarinets, four trombones, like what, what can I, you know, compose then? And that became composing for large, large bands um, and orchestras. And um, I remember in high school, I started sending out my compositions to like publishers, like thinking like, oh man, no, my music sucks. Like no one's going to want to like publish this. But I remember getting a a letter of acceptance from the music publisher and they were like, this is great, you know, we, we, we want to publish this. And me feeling like super, super excited about that. And yeah. then, you know, now I can just type in my name in YouTube and, you know, and I can name up one of my pieces and see that there are people playing my music. And that, it is incredibly wild to, to see that. Um, it's really cool just to like pick other people's brains and see what their imagination comes up with. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the coolest thing. So like, what sort of program do you use? Do you use like Sibelius or yeah. like MuseScore yeah. or Finale? Now I use Sibelius because I can now afford to have Sibelius because it okay. it's a little bit of, a, of a expensive kind of thing. I think it was like $300 or something like that, close to that, to buy it. But I started out with using free trials of Finale and mm -hmm. MuseScore because it's free. Um, but obviously Sibelius and Finale, the one you have to pay for, um, there are better sounds and more options yeah. and easier to use and easier to like create like MP3s and, and whatever. Um, so 
Yeah, I use Sibelius, and all of my accomplishments come from that. And Yeah, I just know, like, back in high school when we had to do little... We had to compose, like, little 16-measure tunes for, like, finals and midterms yeah. and whatnot, and we would, like, put those into Muse, Muse Score mm, or something, yeah, some, some free program, and I always remember it was really frustrating to, <laughs> to work with those. <laughs> the sounds were, I mean, I don't want to get sued by Muse Score, but the sounds are just so bad on Muse Score. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for free software, it's you good. know, it's, yeah, you suck it you up. take what you can <laughs> get. I like that you mentioned that. You know, there are so many, like an infinite number of ways that you can use melodies or harmony or, or like chords. Yeah. Even. Like, there's so many ways that you can use those things. And I think, even like a bigger picture is like all art, the, if you look at all art from like an artist, whether a musician, a painter, architect, whatever, you can see a bit of that person reflected yeah. in their create, creation. Um, which to me is a very like you know the creation story in Genesis where like God is creating everything and every, everywhere you see in creation you see yeah. God's touch right and I think like we, we are able to model that in the things that we create as creators and I think if people listen to my music like every single piece of music that I've ever like composed they can probably notice something that I like a motif yeah. Something that I'm always putting in my music. Yeah. Um, and similar to you, like if you know people happen to listen to everything that you created back to back, they can probably tell something that you like to be like a little touch yeah. that you like to add, which I think is a really really cool, cool thing. Um, for for me, I don't know. My favorite note is A flat. Yeah. So what what are some of your favorite? Let's start with genres of music. What are some of your favorite genres and styles? Yeah. So. I really like 90s grunge music. Oh, interesting. So uh, my favorite band of all time is um, the Foo Fighters. Mm, Foo Fighters. I didn't know that. So Dave Grohl, he, he's a big inspiration mm, to me. Definitely. He was in high school and he still is now because like, mm. he really encompassed like, what it means to be not only a musician, but mm. to be somebody who reaches out to other people. Because the first Foo Fighters tape was him all playing it he he did a Free Fighters demo he didn't think anything of it and he sure. this was all on tape and he recorded the the drums because he, he was a drummer um so he started from there and then he built up the bass and then the guitar and then um rhythm guitar and then vocals and meshed that all together and came up with the Foo Fighters self-titled album and I kind of just thought that was like the coolest thing ever and that's that was another big inspiration for me to get into recording technology is that like mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to create these layers of music and make something that people would enjoy and have fun doing it so anyways yeah um Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters I I love them I've seen them in concert and I mm -hmm. also like you know Nirvana or uh yeah. Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots Ooh, Pearl Jam um nice. yeah Eddie, Eddie Vedder I, lo I love the man and then Soundgarden um I think also Temple of the Dog. So then Soundgarden with uh, Chris Cornell. He, he's by far my favorite rock grunge voice. Those are kind of just the big inspirations for me because I really like big, heavy, nasty, distorted guitar, I'd say, and then just like a very distorted voice. But it's all done in the moment. It's not like done afterwards. I mean, of course, you're going to edit it a little bit in production, but 
Chris Cornell, he was oh, he's brilliant, and even just Dave Grohl's raspy voice, like he's he's not that great of a singer, but like he puts a lot of heart into it, which is what I really love. Mm-hmm. But then like besides that, like I I really like Queen, and of course everyone's gonna say, or most people are gonna say they like Bohemian Rhapsody, which of sure. course is true to me. Sure, yeah. But I like um, good old good old fashioned Lover Boy, mm-hmm. and um, I just I just love. Freddie Mercury and his range and his how he plays piano and he's like I don't play guitar but he still does pretty good when he's playing crazy little thing called love he can rock out those uh, chords pretty easily mm-hmm. but um so yeah I, I it, it's kind of a range for me it's like 80s as well and 70s I like David Bowie or Elton John yeah. or um so I really like Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. when those little I don't even know what you would call those sort of movies but yeah musical-esque so I really like when those came out and then also kind of just like segueing into like alternative rock from like 2000s on up Weezer Queens of the Stone Age Arctic Monkeys um, mm. there's probably a lot that I'm just not thinking of at the moment but I also really like Panic at the Disco <laughs> 21, <laughs> 21 Pilots yeah. um, Greta Van Fleet see it's a really weird mix but like sure. from Panic that's how I started to like Frank Sinatra because Brendan Urie, mm-hmm. that was his inspiration. And that's how he kind of created his voice. And the yeah. same thing goes with uh, Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. Their inspiration was kind of similar to that of Led Zeppelin with that very raspy mm-hmm. uh, voice with the very heavy guitars. So yeah, I have a very wide range of music, musical tastes, honestly. I can, I can listen to things pretty easily. And also, like, even in the car earlier today, like, we were listening to some Hamilton. So I like yeah. Les Mis or Hamilton. I have a lot of respect for different genres, I would say. Sure. So yeah. I'll just extend that question to you then. Who would you kind of say your favorite uh, artist, fans, or even genres? Artist, fans, genres. I don't know. I mean, um, if you ask me that question in, like, five years, it would change. You know, the answer yeah, would change. Like, every, it feels like every season of life that I'm in changes, like... I had this really, in high school, I had this really big country phase. I was, like, listening to nothing but country. I had this phase where I was listening to nothing but, like, 70s and 80s rock. Um, and so, like, similar to you, my my taste is very, like, diverse and eclectic. And there's not just one particular genre that I'm like, this is my go-to, even. Like, it's mostly, like, if there is good song I'm gonna listen to and then I'm gonna like check out their other stuff it's like a good artist like I am mostly drawn to like if there's something sad or melancholy about the song or about the artist I am drawn to that like for instance my recent obsession has been with Billie Eilish like Billie Eilish really interesting it's weird like Billie Eilish like her whole vibe is like her being sad or like there's something dark about it yeah but in a way that it's like reflective and vulnerable and introspective and something about the way that she communicates even you know the, the stories that she in, that's in her music which oftentimes comes from, from a place of like grief or hurt pain she communicates that in a way that like resonates and it draws me into like exploring more and more of her music and so I don't know what it is but I've really gotten into Billie Eilish, but um, my favorite band of all time, there's some similarities with Billie Eilish. My favorite band of all time is Paramore. In their earlier times, a lot of their songs were came from a more reflective, melancholy feel because there were some of them were about breakups or something were about like 
life struggles, but they are able to be super relatable and super fun, you know? And, and so I, I've stuck with Paramore for so long because each album they release, it's like a different feel, a different genre. But the root of them being like really introspective has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. But I also am someone who really enjoys like choral music. Like I, you can, I can just like be biking around campus listening to choral music or piano instrumentals or yeah. music, you know, like soundtracks, oh, uh, yeah. music scores or things like. That. So it's like, it really just depends. Like what I, what I, when I, you know, when I hit shuffle on my Spotify playlist, yeah, anything can play. <laughs> That's so. I, I agree with that. And also, yeah. I like what you said about soundtracks too. Like, mm-hmm. it also it depends with um, you know kind of just how you feel in that moment. Yeah. If you want to feel a certain way, um, or like if you're feeling a certain way and you just want to relate with that by playing a certain tune that you know kind of amplifies that. Right. Right. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Also, another thing is that I really like film scores and actually mm-hmm. like uh, soundtracks. And that was kind of the one thing that like I was actually aiming. To go into after high school but like yeah. I didn't think it was the most realistic thing sure so sure. that was that was always an aspiration of mine but like mm-hmm. I never really took the time to actually like find a school or like you know have the practice beforehand to really get into that so you know I can't kind of always just like have that dream so like I, I really admire in like John Williams mm-hmm. and um Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. yes he's really good with like Interstellar and mm-hmm. and uh he does everything, you know, he does some of the Batman, the Dark Knight, oh, yeah. he does, you know, so much too. Inception, yeah, all mm-hmm. those sort of things. And, but like my favorite is just like John Williams with Jurassic Park, Star mm-hmm. Wars, um, yeah. E.T., Jaws, just. And I really love John Powell too. He did um, How to Train Your Dragon. You okay. Score. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have a playlist. I can share it with you. Of you like, it's called Film Scores. And I'll, I'll you just send do it that. to you sometime. But yeah, so like one of my projects last year for a class even was um it was our final project and i think it was all midi related i'm not sure if it was but i ended up making a midi project and i did kind of an orchestration of a of a film score of sorts and kind of my idea off of that was and this is kind of going to some music theory just like a tiny bit but Mm -hmm. i I won't go too too much into it but it's all based around the lydian sound which is basically a very um it's kind of an odd sound if you hear it for the first time, but it's a very uplifting sound. So it's basically, um, you, you raise the fourth scale degree in that scale. So for instance, like C major, you would raise the, the fourth, which is F to F sharp. So then it has that, when you play the scale, it's like very, you kind of, your ear kind of yeah, just bends sure, to that. Yeah. So, and John Williams uses Does that, that a lot in um, Jurassic Park, for instance. And mm-hmm. I really like yeah. that. So I kind of just, I made something just, just for fun. It's, I don't know. Yeah, again, like, you can even tell that that's his style, you know, like, like yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with Eric Whitaker at all, but... Oh, I know, yeah, um, and, uh... Like beautiful maybe. choral, <laughs> yeah, he's a beautiful choral composer who definitely, you know, mixes and bends chords in ways that, like, yeah. haven't been really used before, or, like, not... A, and he's really popularized bending some of the theory rules, which I really appreciate yeah. about Eric oh, Whitaker. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite genres is worship however worship typically is the least creative genre of music at all time because they rely on usually and obviously there's some like uh, like exceptions to this but usually it's the same chord you know that like yeah is used in every worship song yeah you know 
And it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. But I really do enjoy worship music, and especially some of the ones that are a little bit different. You know, it's interesting because most contemporary Christian music is different than like a lot of black gospel. Yeah. So a lot of black gospel usually invokes some sort of jazz yeah. flares. Um, so they play around with, with chords and, and melodies and things of, of that nature and rhythm and things like that. And I really love just how like, cause there's something about like the words that's obviously like speaking it and ministering to our souls because it's worship music. But there's also something about like what's going on in the background behind the lyrics that also does something to, to like my heart. And so I typically prefer songs by like elevation um, when I am trying to listen to more contemporary things because they're they typically be you know they typically um, are more on the creative side. They typically add more than just the normal C major chords or something like that. Yeah. And some gospel artists I like would be William Murphy. Um, Rashawn Mitchell, Tasha Cobbs Leonard, um, Pierre Sheard. I can go on. Travis Green is, I don't know if you ever heard of Travis Green, but he's a... I have not. He's really, really, really good. He's he's actually on the, on the side of like doing more with Stephanie Gretzinger from Bethel, or from, yeah, she was at Bethel, from Bethel, but also keeping to his like gospel roots. Okay. And so he's kind of like blending the two genres and making them like one and those songs he's released in the last year have been really, really powerful and impactful to me. Are there any, like, go-to worship songs that you really enjoy, that really resonate with you, and or that connects you to God, like, and, and why? Kind of being raised Catholic, like, I, I listen to sure. a lot of organ music and a lot yeah. of just traditional right. hymns, and I really didn't start listening to yeah. worship music sure. up until, like, last year. But mm-hmm. um, even just from what I've been around, I really... Uh, even if it's like you said, it's simple. Like it still it still resonates. Like the yeah. the lyrics is really kind of the scripture inside of it is really kind of what gets to me at least, and mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone else as well. But I think the song "Come to the Altar" comes yeah, to mind a lot, sure. and other similar songs like that. Just I don't know. I and I couldn't tell you the lyrics off the top of my head, but usually that's the type of song that would just like make yeah. me tear up. Sure, say, absolutely. Because it's like the message behind it, and just the simple chord progression, like. Mm-hmm makes you anticipate what's coming sure. next so it's easy yeah. to kind of you know join along with it yeah and that's by Elevation Worship and I really like Elevation Worship yeah. I really like that song I kind of want to sing it oh come to I wish we could in this podcast we could playing oh come to the altar but we would get sued um, yeah. okay. no no copyright please <laughs> no copyright what, what would you kind of say like your go to worship song is or yeah. like and why that kind of resonates with you there's a song that I listen to almost every day and it's called Your Love and Love Alone and it's by this group called All Sons and Daughters and I like it because it reminds me that worship songs don't always have to be scripture to music you know like copy and pasting a verse or two and putting it to music but it can be our reflective and communal experiences of God in a really expressive way to give God glory, you know? And so, like, that song that says, like, you are love and love alone, um, the beginning of the song starts, God, God our Father, great and holy, um, and, it, and it continues on, but I think, like, the beginning of that song, like, reminds me of, like, 
just reflecting and meditating on the character of God and his glory without it feeling like, oh, this is just like scripture put to music, which mm-hmm. I love songs like that too, but I, I really appreciate songs that don't do that too. You know, so it's yeah. like, I don't know. And even like just the, the way that the song begins, it begins on a uh, guitar solo. And, it, and it's 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 a really really, really like the probably the most simple guitar solo you will ever listen to because it's like one chord and then the second you know it's like really really simple but it is it is something that is deeply reflective and meditative and I really enjoy it so awesome yeah so have you written any worship music hmm. before or that's great uh, there's a really embarrassing story that I have of like two or three years ago. I wrote a worship song and we were we were planning to have a worship night in Revo and it was kind of going to be like a low key worship night like you show up it's not whatever but I was in charge of recruiting people to like lead worship at this time yeah. and I recruited someone to play guitar and I recruited someone to play like the cajon and I was going to be helping with the guitar like I was going to play guitar too alongside with the other guitarists, and sing. The first part that's funny is, like, we got there, and the other person that I asked to play guitar barely knew how to play guitar, and nice. it was just really bad. Um, but the other, the, other <laughs> the other side of that was uh, we, we did, like, five worship songs that everyone kind of knew, a couple that people didn't know that were still, like, good worship songs that we liked. Um, and then, like, at the end, we were going to close with singing the worship song that I wrote and so obviously no one else there but me knew knew the chords or like you know like whatever so I was playing it and singing it by myself and I was trying to get people into like catching on to like the lyrics yeah. and I excited past like lyric sheets or whatever um, and it was the most awkward thing I have ever experienced um, and I, as I was singing and playing it Chucky was just looking at me like this is the worst song that I ever oh, listened to, or ever, whatever. But that was the last time, the first and the last time that I ever wrote a worship song. Uh, it was relatively simple, but the experience of me performing that in front of people and them not knowing the words, them staring at me like the song was awful, I would never forget. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know that. That's, yeah, yeah. And then from then on, Jay Colts did not write another worship <laughs> song again. <laughs> yeah, but I'm open to Holy Spirit guiding me to writing a worship song again at some point. I mean, I wrote that song in a, in a moment where I was like just spending time with God, and I was asking God to reveal Himself to me in, in, in such a way, and I ended up writing that worship song. I, I ended up, so this particular time that I wrote it, I had happened to bring my guitar with me into Minatrista, where I was spending time with God. Okay. And he led me to writing that song in Minatrista. And I was like, oh, this is, this is really, really good. Yeah. And then when we added that to the, um, to the song list of songs we're going to do for this worship night, I was like, oh, people are really going to enjoy it. And they're gonna, it's going to be like a rebel staple or something like that. <laughs> but no, <laughs> no way, no way. Um, I kind of want to hear it. Yeah, sure. I, I, um, I'm kind of glad 
that we didn't record it, but also sad we didn't record it. Just so we can laugh at it. Just we'll have an opportunity. But yeah, <laughs> that's true. Anyways. It was called, uh, here's the title of it, it's called Rescue Me. That's a nice title. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up for our conversation and mm-hmm. um, on music, really. And yeah, that's good. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure both of us, we could talk we could so talk much more about music. So long about it, but we've already talked a decent amount <laughs> for this <laughs> time. So but, yeah. well, thanks so much, guys, for yeah. tuning in, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our episode of Eating with Jay and Paul. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Eating with Jay and Paul and on Twitter at Eating Jay underscore and underscore P for more updates and information about our podcast. Thanks so much, guys, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.